0: Welcome to The Crystal Payne Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. I am honored to be sitting across from. Anne Nielsen, she has a brand new book out called The Brushstrokes of Life. And it's all about discovering how God brings beauty and purpose to your story. And Anne was just sitting here sharing with me how God has just shown up in her story over and over and over, how he has redeemed broken parts of her life and how he has been such an artist in her life and weaving these pieces and these brushstrokes where she looks back and it didn't make sense at the time, but now she can see a fuller picture and how just the beauty of God's goodness in her story and using those broken pieces in such beautiful ways. And so I'm really excited to get to dive into her story and have you all be so encouraged by her and her heart. But before we get into all of that, Anne, I'd love for you to start by introducing yourself to my audience.
1: Oh gosh, Crystal, I'm so happy to be here and You do have a gift of words. That was beautiful. Um, I'm Ann Nielsen from Charlotte, North Carolina. Just happy to be here sitting, you know, across from you. A lot of these interviews are Zoom, so it's really good to be face to face. I am, first of all, a wife to my husband, Clark, for 29 years. We'll be celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary Mm. this um, fall. I'm a mother to four incredible. Um, beautiful adult children. I cannot believe they're all adults. Um, And I'm an artist. I knew that I wanted to be an artist as a little girl. We kind of will touch on a little bit of that, but um, had a lot of bumps in the road on my journey of life. But I am an artist and well-known for my angels, my ethereal angels that I paint. And so it really is an honor to be here Mm. and just excited to share parts of the story. Mm.
0: And so you alluded to that you have wanted to be an artist since the time that you were a child. I'd love to kind of dig into that. Like when you were little, were you just always drawing, painting, or was it kind of one of those things like you wanted to know how to?
1: Oh, I was drawing and doodling. I want to say that I doodled my way through high school Hence why I made a D minus in 10th grade art. But um, I I think my teacher thought I was coloring outside the lines. But um, yeah, as a little girl, I was um, in the third grade. And I knew that I wanted to be an artist. Even in the third grade, I had to write a paper. Um, It was one of those, you know, uh, three sentences. What do you want to be when you grow up? And highlighted, the, the title was an artist. And then highlighted in those little sentences, I wanted to be an artist. That's what I want to be. I also wanted to be a wife and a mom of a lot of children, um, but really, truly wanted to, you know, I knew that God had created me to create mm-hmm. something. I don't know what it was going to, you know, be. I didn't know it for painting. I did doodle a lot, um, character caricatures. Anything creative, whether it was sewing a pocketbook and selling those pocketbooks or stringing puka beads and selling these necklaces, I was always creating something. Mm.
0: And so you talked about there was a lot of brokenness in your childhood. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Well, when I was young, I um, my parents divorced when I was five, and it was not a very smooth um divorce. And my mom struggled with some, you know, addictions and some just mental things that she went through. My dad, I mean, it was just hard. And I don't remember a lot of my childhood. Um, i It's not crystal clear. I do mem- remember snippets. But I think for me, that kind of, that escaping into um, just that creative world, I, I want to just, touch base that I, early on, when I was about eight years old, I did have a powerful experience. Um, I wouldn't say that I grew up in a Christian home, but I, you know, we went to church and, um, you know, it was a very rocky home life, I guess better words, but um, but I had an experience that I knew my faith was real. I can't explain it. It's just something that happened to me. So I, I held on to that for as long as i could um, and you know i just i knew that god created me to create mm-hmm. to draw to paint um my my dad did see this in me and saw this little desire and i think i was 11 or 12 and i did a um he signed me up for an adult charcoal charcoal class and I thought that I was just the coolest kid, you know, amongst all these adults. And I'll never forget what I had. My assignment was a tube of lipstick. And it was really cool. But um, so, yeah, I just, you know, that was my desire is to somehow, some way, either, you know, get into the art world. So,
0: and so fast forward, you are, you know, all of your elementary and then high school, you're, you're wanting to be create. You're wanting to be an artist. Did you feel like you had outlets for that or that was kind of like this desire that was stifled?
1: I think it was a desire that was stifled. I really, um I, and and truly I felt like I was not good enough. Mm. Uh, you know, in high school and in um, you know, I guess coming from a broken home and I just I I that's kind of what I felt. I am not worthy. I am not good enough. I um really don't think I have the calling on my life to do this. I don't think I'm equipped to do this. On top of that, having parents saying, no, you'll be a starving artist. No, you can't do this. No. And so a lot of the no's kind of shaped me. Um, I was not a great student. Um, Looking back in hindsight, I probably was dyslexic, probably still am um, a little bit, but, um, you know, did not pay attention in class. I kind of remember being in history class and doodling a lot and not paying p- attention to the subject. Um thus my grade suffered. Mm-hmm. But um so yeah, I think it's just kind of um you know, coming under that label of I'm not worthy, mm-hmm. you know, for this. So
0: so how did you get from feeling that and feeling like this passion in you was stifled and you're not worthy to you know, when did you actually start saying, "I'm
1: going to put art out to the world"? Okay, so my twenties, I wandered and um, and I was searching, and um, I did. I graduated from high school, and because my grades were not great, my dad said I had to go to an in-state school. I'm from Florida, so it was either Florida State or um, University of Florida. Those are huge schools. I'm a small, intimate type person. Um, the high school that I was attending, um, and I'll go back to this, was in my graduating class, there were 20 of us. Twelfth mm. um, grade, my dad jerked me out of high school and put me in, because of my grades, into a school that there were thousands of people. And it just kind of, you know, it rocked my world a little bit. But anyway, I went to Florida State for about a year and a half. I flunked out of college. Yes, I flunked out of college, and um, I came home, and I just kind of wandered. I I did, you know, a couple of jobs, and it wasn't until my dad um, sent me on this um, adventure. It was called um, Outward Bound, and it was in the North Carolina mountains, and it was there that I really found out who I was and what I wanted to be, um, and we talk a little bit about this in The Brushstrokes of Life, but... I came home empowered. I was going to do this. I went back to college and I graduated from um, Jacksonville University with the elementary education degree. And I poured my heart and soul into these little third graders with um, art lessons. And, you know, I don't care if we were doing a math class or a science class, there was Always an art component to it, so that's when it started bubbling back up. Mm. And um, and so, gosh, that was thirty something years ago. And um, and the surrendering, truly knowing that God, you know, did have a plan for my life, um, and that plan was to prosper me and give me my childlike dreams and desires. So, um, but it was a journey. It was truly a journey of finding out who I was and knowing that there was a plan.
0: So you talked about not feeling worthy. How have you processed through that? And do you ever struggle with feeling like that now? Or is that something that is very much in the past?
1: I think that um, and my faith, You know, everybody asked me why I paint angels. Um, I painted that because I wanted something that reflected my faith. Um, I think that that little girl that had that encounter um, at such an early age, that was such a strong anchor in my life. Through my wandering in that wilderness in my 20s, um, I finally surrendered it all and kind of came to terms that, you know, we serve a big God and He loves me just where I am through all my mistakes and all my failures, through all my, um, un, you know, my self unworthiness. Um, so it, it took me a time to come to that place, but I don't think I struggle with it as much now as I did, you know, 30 years ago. And there was a time when I truly, um, I think my middle name, you know, it's gotten a little bit better, but control I like to control things. And um, it wasn't until um, 30 years ago, I really had to surrender that. Um, And my way was not working out the way that I had really planned it. And so when I did that, it was just like this miraculous thing happened. And, you know, this path, not that the path was smooth to lots of rocky places, but The peace on that path was incredible and is incredible. So, um, but yeah, I think it's mainly just surrendering that and knowing in my heart that, you know, God saw me right where I was in my brokenness, in my pain, in my mistakes, in the choices that I made. Um, But He still pursued my heart and He got it in the end.
0: For people who are listening right now who they probably realize, they have some childhood dreams that they kind of tucked away or shoved under the rug or felt like I'm not good enough for that. Um, What would you say to that person who they have this passion inside of them, but they're really scared or just feeling like they, they aren't going to be good enough to actually do that.
1: You got to take a leap of faith. I mean, you've got to, and, and I like to, I tell this to my team all the time. We, we, Always have something in our hand, um, for me, it's a paintbrush um, i don't know what your dream is, but whatever it is, we have it in our hands, and we have to open those hands and surrender it back because don't keep don't stop dreaming because I do believe that um you know each and every single one of us, God has created us to do something for His kingdom and for His glory. And I just, I love that verse for me, is delight yourselves in the way of the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. My desire was to paint. And um, gosh, looking at my rocky childhood and crazy, you know, going through high school and college, you know, He did give me, that little girl, the desires of my heart. And so you got to take a leap of faith you um it is scary um i tell my children all the time you know you might fail but you can get picked back up put your feet on that narrow path he will equip you and um i just surrender and trust and believe i think believing in yourself believing in yourself that um you know you were born to do something great on this earth i don't know what it is but keep believing and um back off fear because i i have that fear too a Mm -hmm. lot but i have to surrender a lot
0: so you've used the word surrender a lot and i would love for you to kind of define that and unpack that for us what does that actually look like because i think sometimes it's easy for us to say these words but practically speaking what does that look like for you
1: so I'm going to go back to when um I had just turned 30. That was 30 years ago. You'll read about this in the book, but those 20 years and I, you know, little girl who, you know, had that experience with God, I wanted to do good. I wanted to be good and my 20s I did make some really pretty bad choices and mistakes in my life. Um and I thought that I could control my, you know, rocky, you know, home life. I thought I could control that. I thought I could control, you know, who I was going to marry. I thought I could control, you know, my career. Um, that was not working out for me. Um, lots of disappointments, lots of failures, so to speak. Um, and lots of crying out, um, whether you're crying out to the universe or crying out, I was crying out to God and, um, well really I don't know if I was crying out to him. I kind of kept him at arm's length during these years. So I don't know really who I was crying out to, but I'll never forget this. I had just um it was April of 1993 and um I was tired. I was weary. Um I didn't want to do it my way anymore. So I did fall on my face and I cried out to God. I give this to you, I give you my past, I give you my mistakes, I give you my choices, I give you my career, I give you my, um, you know, I I desperately wanted to be married, I was 30 years old, you know, the clock was ticking, and um, I had to physically surrender that. And I will say that when I did that, I had such a peace that you could not describe the peace that passes all understanding. And I got up from my bedroom and I'm like, okay, you know, this is really weird and surreal, but I had this peace. And um, I think it's something that um, only when you can expressively open your hands and do this and speak it and surrender, um, it's, it's just a surreal feeling. Two months after that, I met my husband 10 dates after that. He asked me to marry him. And um, it was this, this journey of a lifetime 30 years later. So surrender is a big word for me because of my control, because of I want to do things my way. But I think that when we let go of control, when we surrender the our fears, when we... um Surrender our desires when we can do that. Whether you're a journaler, um, whether you're, you know, you physically, you know, get down on your hands and knees and just open your hands and surrender. I don't know, um, whatever it takes, but to do that, um, I just know that God steps in and he will do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Mm
0: Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. If you've heard me talk at all over the last few years, you know that I went through a season where I had very severe seasonal allergies, and it took me a while to figure out what was triggering it, and it was debilitating if you've ever suffered from this i actually had my polyps got really swollen in my nose and then i got chronic rhinitis so i could not smell out of my nose and not only that but i would have these really awful headaches the kind that just kept me from being able to enjoy my life And I started going to an ENT, and one of the things that he recommended was Claritin D. And so for a time period, I took Claritin, and it was such a help to me. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It works So, well, I am a living testament to how well it works. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. So if you've ever suffered from seasonal allergies, if you can relate to kind of some of the things that I have experienced and you want some relief... Amoir makes getting dressed easy with a clothing rental membership from Amoir, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot, I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that armoire has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit Crystal. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. This episode is sponsored by By Heart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in, and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful
1: have to surrender on a regular basis every single day Mm -hmm. every single day Mm -hmm. um yes it is a you know it's a daily challenge you know um the art 20 years ago I painted the first angel painting I was painting other things I was doing still lives and figures but that kind of took off and um and then you know the business kind of blew up and now I'm a boss and got 10 employees and I'm like, I didn't sign up for this Lord. So it's a daily thing of just surrendering, you know, and surrendering the next, you know, what, I don't want to step ahead. Um, I tend to do that a lot. Um, And so it's really pausing being still in the moment, um, what is it that I'm, what's the next step that I'm supposed to take and, um, and surrendering that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think a lot of times we live in a, um, a world where there's a lot of noise around us. And um, for me, and I feel like God is really pressing this on my heart right now is to be still, Mm -hmm. be still and drown out the noise. Um, And, That's what I'm trying to do. Mm.
0: What does that look like for you to be still?
1: Um, That is carving out um, a little bit of time where I'm not constantly on my phone or where I'm not constantly, you know, um, worrying about the gallery or, you know, products or, you know, the details of life, my businesses. It's a time where I can just carve out and really be still, um, be quiet and whether you meditate um i'm in this incredible bible study right now and um we are really digging into god's word and really whether it's you know you're meditating on one verse in the bible or you know reading a whole chapter but it's really being still and drowning out the news what's going on around your family or you know So that's kind of, that's for me right now today.
0: And I would imagine that with this business that has kind of grown out of, you know, far beyond what you could dream or imagine, that's hard
1: to do. It's very hard to do. And probably there are some days where you feel like, I don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time. (laughs) And I I do, there are the days that, um, and I like to, I mean, even before, I get out of bed. I just, even if it's a thought or a word that says, okay, God, you've got this day for me um, before my feet hit the ground. Because a lot of times my feet will hit the ground and I am running and I get home and I'm exhausted. I don't have time for, you know, my husband or, you know, myself. And it's just, you're exhausted, you're depleted. And so um, being able to, before anything, you know, say those words, take my day, carve out some time, whether it's midday or, you know, early evening, or if you're an early morning riser, early morning. Um, But take those few minutes just to pause, be still, and be grateful for this day, because this is the day that we have been given. It's really important. Every day is a gift. And we know that, especially now with things swirling around us, tragedy, unexpected tragedy is just every day is a gift. So how can we really pause, be still, drown out all the things that are swirling around us and be grateful?
0: You have a quote at the beginning of the book that you actually read to me, which I would love for you to read to us. I just think it's a really beautiful quote.
1: So it's in chapter one, It's in the, the title is Beginnings, Brokenness, and Beauty. And this book by Russ Ramsey is Rembrandt is in the Wind, Learning to Love Art Through the Eyes of Faith. And the quote is, it is hard to render an honest self-portrait if we want to conceal what is unattractive and hide what is broken. We want to appear beautiful, but when we do this, we hide what needs redemption, what we trust Christ to redeem, and everything redeemed by Christ becomes beautiful. Mm. I love that.
0: And I think that you, looking back on your life, you've seen how God has just used those broken pieces. Yes. I know we have a lot of people who are listening to this who— they have a lot of brokenness in their life, too. They can relate to that. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're feeling stuck, like, I'm too broken. Like, I've made too many mistakes. What would you say to that person who's
1: feeling like that? You're not too broken. And um, there is nothing that we can do that would separate us from the love that God has for us. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. and. um I believe that and, and in the depths of my being. And I think the enemy wants to come and, you know, tell us we're not worthy. We're not good enough. Oh, look what you've done. Oh, you know, he's never going to love. And, and we've got back to that drowning out the noise of the liars and the enemies of this world and truly put our eyes fixed and focused on what Jesus did on the cross for us you know i don't know where anybody is in their faith and i just you know i know and believe that because of that because of the blood that was shed on the cross for me and all the things that i did and um you know it's 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 freeing it's the grace i mean the grace that we have um and it's a gift for me. It's a gift that I got as an early child. I cannot imagine not having that gift. And um, a lot of people have that gift, but they put it on a shelf and they don't open that package. And um, it's until you open, you know, take that package and open it up and really see the beauty of the gift. Um, and I just want to encourage, you know, there is nothing that we have done or do or you know, that would ever separate us from that love that he has for us. He is a, he pursues our hearts.
0: Mm. One of the things that I love that is a theme throughout your book is, you know, it's the brushstrokes of life is the title of your book and how these little brushstrokes that we, sometimes I feel like it doesn't make sense. Like anytime I am not someone who knows how to paint, but when I watch someone painting, I will see what they are doing and I will be confused. I'm like, <laughs> why are you doing that? That doesn't make sense to me. Like that looks really odd. And I think in the process of the painting, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, but it's because the artist knows what they're doing. And I think it's such a beautiful picture of, you know, God is the artist yeah. in our life and in our world. And so there are many times when Things are happening that do not make sense, but He sees the big picture. Yeah. And I just love this throughout your book of you not only weaving in how God has used those broken pieces, those hard things, those things that don't make sense, but that it's this beautiful canvas when you step back and how where He has you today, you could have never...
1: Never, never, ever. (laughs) Trained, yes.
0: And just, but he put that in your heart as a little girl. And, you know, you were recounting to me these stories of, like, your art being on the Today Show. And it was just, you (laughs) know, different things how you you just know that's God. yeah. Like, that's God's faithfulness. And as we close up this conversation, I'd love for you to just speak to, you know, just share a little bit about how he's been so faithful, how you've seen him, and how he has just— done immeasurably more than you can ask or think
1: that's a good um ending and i when you were talking about that in the master artist and watching an artist um paint this vision came to me i had this incredible art teacher and he like me was such a messy painter Mm -hmm. and i like to tell people you know god can take our messes and create a, a message and every time he painted if you're like right up close The painting did not make any sense. But as you step back and as you, you know, kept going backwards, you saw this beautiful landscape just come into play with a beautiful sunset. And so I love that image that you have. And I think that for me in this, um, I've just seen God, you know, time and time and time again, um, whether it's through divine appointments or through, you know words of encouragement or families coming you know this really truly has become now a ministry when i painted my first angel 20 years ago my sister said oh my gosh i think you found your voice mm. i had no idea that it would become a life song and and really ministering to other people and so i feel like god has poured out i you know every time i go to paint a painting i put on my praise music it is my time of worship and really just connecting with God and through, you know, the artists, musicians, their words. And I let the Holy Spirit just flow out onto the blank canvas and God creates this, you know, this ethereal angel, this ethereal being, and the stories connect with, you know, the viewer, the collector. And so um, just being able to see how, you know, He's taken this gift, desire that, I want to paint, but he's taken on such a different journey than I could ever, 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 ever imagine. And so um, it truly has been immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine and grateful. Um, I, I like to tell people we don't worship the angels. Everybody connects with these, you know, these angels. Everybody says, do you see angels? I don't see angels, but I do, you know, believe that God, created these beings angels uh, for a specific purpose on earth and um so that is why i paint them
0: well i was just thinking how you could have chosen to stay kind of stuck mm-hmm. in that of feeling like you had these passions but you weren't worthy you weren't good enough you could have just kind of taken that path it's kind of like putting your light under a bushel yes. like scripture talks Let about you know. Yes. yes and. But God has given you this gift and how, because of your willingness to release, you know, yes. to, to use what's in your hand and then release it to God. He has blessed it so much and blessed so many people through what's in your hand, for, through you releasing what's in your hand. And I just want to encourage anyone who's listening who yes. you you know in your heart, God is calling you to something. He's put this passion in you, but you're scared. You feel like you don't have what it takes, you aren't good enough, just to remember that those are lies from Satan telling you that you're not enough, that you don't have what it takes, that you're gonna be a disappointment, all of those things, and just to camp in the truth of who you are in Christ and to know that God wants to use you to bless other people, to bless all those around you, to glorify himself through you. He has created you. You are a masterpiece by the master artist. And so I just want to encourage you to see God's hand, to believe in that, and to let him use you, whether it's a paintbrush in your hand or a computer or whether it's, you know, whatever that looks like, what's in your hand, let God use that for his glory to impact many lives and so thank you Anne. thank you for coming on and inspiring us with your life with your story and i just encourage anyone listening who you you want to go deeper her book has so much more and it's just an encouragement to use what god's given you the brushstrokes of life discovering how god brings beauty and purpose to your story thank you for joining us today For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.